Welcome to Brand Meet Creator Podcast with me, Harley Jordan, and Sonia Elise. A place where we pull back the curtain and the trashy filters on the influencer marketing industry. So pull up a chair and grab a notebook. It's time to shed some light on the ever-changing Instaverse. Welcome back to Brand Meet Creator. This episode, we're talking about engagement. And the reason this even came up is because engagement we have seen is fluctuating. Our habits on Instagram are kind of changing. And that brings about some worries for brands, booking brand collabs. So let's jump into this conversation about what what we should expect with, (laughs) with engagement rate lowering right now. I know. I feel like it is a hot topic that everyone is complaining about, essentially. It's not even (laughs) everyone's talking about it it's just like everybody needs to complain about how their engagement is low Um, and I think it is a big conversation around how we use the app that's a huge portion of why engagement is dropping our I think our attention span is dropping the amount of apps we're using is dropping the amount of other things we have to do and also we're just in scroll mode now we forget that the point is to engage as we're also in summer mode we're oh, also yeah, in summer sure. mode. So like we're outside more. I mean, if it's nice out, you better believe mm-hmm. I'm not scrolling. I can't see my phone in the sun. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see my phone while I'm outside at the beach. It's just I too just difficult. I just can't see it. It's too bright. <laughs> um, but en- engagement rate is causing a lot of worries. And I mean, I hear this all the time is like, what, what does the brand expect is this good? Am I worried? Like what's average? And I mean, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell someone what really is average for their account, for their size, for all of that. But what do you see on, what do you see on the brand side? What's your immediate gut response to, to engagement? I think the immediate gut response is that looking at engagement rate is changing dramatically from when we first started on the brand side. Initially, mm-hmm. we used to always, and maybe just to zoom out for any listeners who are not as familiar with engagement rate, but engagement rate is a percentage that you calculate based off of the number of engagements per post or per reel or per story. Flanks. So that could be exactly that. Could Head to be... flanks.com, Google, <laughs> Google engagement rate calculator. It'll, it'll spit mm-hmm. out a number for you. Exactly. But there's also multiple types of engagement rate, right? So when we first started, we used to always calculate engagement rate based off of the total number of followers, because mm-hmm. back in the early Instagram glory days, we were much closer to to our viewers seeing all of our content of every single time. Yeah. All of it. Every everybody would see Can it every you imagine? single post. Now, (laughs) the glory days. Now the estimate I think is around 20 to 30% of your audience sees your post. And that's I think on the higher end. Yeah. Yeah. So I think 20%, I believe, is the average that I always quote of your total followers that see your post. So I have recalculated for my clients specifically, and I would encourage others start to do this, is that they calculate an engagement rate based off of reach as opposed to based off of total followers. Yes, because why would I count 100,000 people if I know that Instagram at on its very best day is only going to show the content to 30,000 people? That doesn't seem fair for me. So I think knowing your average reach is also really important when you're talking about getting into the engagement game. 
I, I really do too. And I think when I am scouting influencers, that's my first go-to. I, I definitely go to mm-hmm. their Reels tab. I can see all of the metrics there. But the likelihood of me actually thinking twice about your likes, I'm really not because I know mm. there's so much more there. There's like saves, there's shares. Like if you have 300 likes on something, do I actually care? On Honestly, I don't. And I think that was Instagram's game plan. I mean, I don't know if you have been able to see likes in the recent years, but I haven't been able to see likes <laughs> for years on static posts. Yeah, I can still see them, but on some other people's posts, I can't. It's like a hit. It's like a depends on the day that I log in. I know that you can toggle it off so that you can't see the likes, but in general, my my account has been like tested for for this feature of not being able to see likes. And I remember when this came out because it was oh, I remember the announcement being like coupled with Kim Kardashian for some reason, and it being like your your stuff online isn't about vanity and <laughs> we don't <laughs> sure, 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 Instagram. <laughs> sure that's right <laughs> but I would say that engagement rate will always be a metric that we use to test the health of an account forever for sure but you're right like if you're an external party and you are let's say casting influencers before you even reach out to them, the only engagement rate that you can calculate is based off of what you can see. Right. So if I can only see likes and comments, but a post is getting a lot of saves or shares or a story gets a ton of replies and DMs, that is a huge amount of engagement that I think is more quality engagement than seeing just likes and comments that I'm not able to assess. I think story replies are like an underrated metric. I think story replies are honestly a a much better metric than, than link clicks. And I, I've seen this from quite a few like service providers where they say, you know what? I've completely stopped using the link function because it brings down my story views, which is bizarre, but they're like, I would much prefer to have some kind of automation. I use many chats or something Mm -hmm. like that where I, have them reply the word blank and like Mm. it will automatically send them a message. And I know this is why your account died at some point. So I know I was going to just say like, don't Don't use the auto respond. Don't use the auto respond. But yeah, I mean, I do think that things that happen in stories are highly underrated and that you are not counting them enough to the engagement rate. So on the brand side, when looking at this, I would just flag, be wary about just, you know, calculating someone's engagement rate based off of the vanity metrics that only you can see without having a conversation with them first and just like counting them out because they're only at 1% engagement or less. If someone has a visible, strong engagement rate, 4 or 5%, great. That means that what's happening behind the scenes is probably even better. But if someone's on the borderline of what you tend to take into a paid campaign, I wouldn't count them out until you get their rates and you can request more detailed metrics for sure. I I just think there's so much more happening there because, well, we've we've talked about this, like how much you engage, how, Mm -hmm. how you interact in the app before. And if you're older, you're not used to liking everything. You like what you like. And if you're of a younger generation, you're going to like everything. So I think with TikTok... 
where you aren't liking everything you're watching, maybe you're sending, that behavior I think is shifting really, really quickly. Really, really quickly. So Instagram, we're just starting to see less and less reach. And I do think that's going to be normalized after a while. And I do think that reach is going to become a much better metric for what actually matters versus engagement. Do you think that will affect rates at all? I don't think so. I mean, I think if you're the type of person who can prove that you have an engagement rate on a specific metric that the client is trying to fill that's above and beyond what other people can get or the average gets, then yeah, of course, bump up those rates for that specific partnership. But that requires an influencer to know their analytics quite well, right? To know Mm -hmm. that like, oh, on stories, when I do this type of shopping feature, I get this many responses. Yeah. Or when I do a Q&A, this many people chime in so that if a brand is coming in and saying, hey, will you host a Q&A that's geared around our product? Yes. Then you can say like, I get above average on these, so I'm going to charge more than just saying I'm posting three story slides, right? So that's really where you're, if as an influencer, you need to take control of knowing I think that's all the knowing metrics your audience. in like every single area. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I think that's knowing your audience. Like, you you have to know who your audience is. Have those conversations. Like, mm-hmm. if you're not replying to your DMs and, like, getting to know your audience, who sure. they really are, and learning who they are as mm-hmm. a human being, asking questions back, then, like, how do you expect to be able to sell to them? You know? I was talking to an influencer, a friend of mine, who has blown up immensely, has gained 190K in the last year or so. Um, Samantha Bachman, wow. absolutely love her, good friend of mine in person. Um, but she recently got the affiliate, affiliate linking from Instagram. Have you, have mm-hmm. you heard of this situation? Basically where you can link products in app. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Correct. And it's, from it's essentially, yes, essentially like, like to know it, but in app. And she's been linking products via story and she's gone from like thousands of views on her story to 35,000 views on her story. Whoa. Massive reach has been pushed from just using this new feature and not everyone has it yet. So before, before you come at me with mass hysteria, I like have Googled this to the nines and cannot find a single way other than waiting to actually get it. But mm-hmm. oh, 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 that's crazy. Yeah. I would say for a feature like this, I would not be surprised if it rolls out to everyone because it's only in Instagram's best interest to yeah. sell more stuff. Because if you don't know how that works, it's like if I'm a brand and I open up a shop on Instagram and I'm selling things through the app, um, I pay Instagram a percentage for those conversions that are in app, right? Not a link out to my website where someone converts, but they stay inside the Instagram app and purchase it. So Mm -hmm. if this girl, Samantha, is tagging one of my products from my shop and she sells something, not only is Instagram making a commission, they're paying her a commission as well. So why wouldn't they want more of that to be happening? And And they capture all the data of everyone who purchases. Yep. Yep. She was laughing about it because she was like, I've made like zero dollars off of this and actual commission, but my views are fantastic. I was like, bring it on, girlfriend. Um, Like... (laughs) Well, it's a good start. I mean, yeah, I would, I wonder how much they do give the um, partners in terms of affiliate percentage. 
um, if that's competitive or if they're undercutting because they know it's like a special feature. I think it's competitive right now. And I did look this up and I think there was something about like if you're doing posts with affiliate tagging, they're doing a kickback to creators too right now. They're really trying to push this, Mm -hmm. but they haven't given it to everyone. I want to say it's like $40 per post up to 10 posts where you tag something from a shop. Um, So it's a $400 opportunity. You just make a flat fee. Yep. Mm -hmm. I don't, I mean, I don't know if there's a commission, a commission opportunity there as well. I assume with stories, it's a different thing than posts, but regardless, that's a whole, whole nother can of worms to get into. Also, when we're thinking of like tools that Instagram has and tools versus Instagram and TikTok, what I love, one thing about TikTok is when you are looking at someone's post and video, it tells you right away how many saves and shares it has. I don't understand why, and this goes on the long list of things I don't understand about Instagram, (laughs) why they wouldn't share that information on, you know, if if we could see likes and we can see comments, why can't we just see saves and shares? What is the big secret? Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. Even the um, total number of likes that TikTok does, like even that as like a big, bold capital number that you have on the front of your feed, like that feels like an added extra that would be really, really easy for Instagram. Sure. But then they're going to show the number of views that each reel gets. And then they're going to act like the number of views is somehow always equating to success. And that's not true either. Like you can have something pop off and it's not successful. What? They're going to give us Reels bonuses and tell <laughs> us that if you hit 84 million views, you get $34,000. Never. Never. You're never going to make that. You're never going to even come close. You are going to have to just do stupid Instagram hacks for the views just to make the money. And then you're going to be like massively taxed on it. It won't be worth your time. But then the views don't even count. <laughs> the same after you go up like let let me get let me just like break down like the fun that this is so I got reels bonuses like pretty early it -hmm. gave me the 34k potential in like earnings per month Mm -hmm. um at the very beginning and Mm -hmm. a lot of my friends were getting like on a lot of my clients were getting like $800 per month that you have the potential of like lower numbers that kind of thing and they were making the full $800 with far less views than I was. And I think now what we're seeing is more people roll out with that high, high potential, but we're all only making, no matter how many followers you have, no matter how many views that you actually bring in, like 150 bucks, which Mm -hmm. is just, it feels like that's such a cop out for Instagram. Sure. Like, why are you giving me this high potential? Exactly. Why even do it or just like make it a much lesser cost? Um, and I don't, I still don't even understand like why I pay people because like everyone's using them anyway. (laughs) So it's not like really you need to incentivize people to use reels. Like everyone's on board. They're doing it. They're doing it. It's like, I don't don't know. So here's, here was my theory in the very beginning. Mm -hmm. I thought that they did that because engagement was dropping because habits Mm -hmm. were dropping, engagement was dropping. And Mm -hmm. in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, they're giving us this boost because partnership rates with lower engagement per follower count are Mm going to have to go down. If your rates go down, they're giving us this boost to make it better. And they keep saying, creators come first, creators come first, like creators are our first priority. And like, then you're doing this. Mm -hmm. Mm. Mm. 
I don't think so. I think the truth is advertisers are always the first priority. And that's not just Instagram native. That's everywhere. Globally. Everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. Advertisers are the first priority. And I think it's actually that in adding reels, they added another place where they could put ads which created more money for them. So the more people that they had using reels, the more they could integrate ads into reels and the more money that they could make. So that would be my assumption. (laughs) True. Okay. So let's, let's talk about a place where reach is about to go down immensely for another reason. And I don't know if you've heard about this feature yet, because this was something that was brought to my attention literally yesterday, but it is this see more button that they've put in that dang left-hand corner on your stories. So you can only see three slides. It'll tell you at the top, three out of 15. Oh my God, and to no. see past that third slide, you have to click see more. So that button, again, top left-hand corner, I am not going to reach it with my little thumb, just like that, <laughs> like follower following feed whatever that feed option is chronological feed so we're not going to use that so anyone that's selling via stories is going to struggle anyone that's chatty via stories is going to struggle and we're either going to need to teach our audience to click that see more button which i don't know if we will be able to or story views are about to go down immensely Mm. Ugh, that makes me so sad. I mean, I'm sure they have a reason like, oh, we're trying to drive people back into the feed, consume back in the feed. I think they are. Because they probably see that usage usage time on stories is much higher than in feed, which is not what they want. Um, I mean, we've we've talked about this. Yeah, we both hang out in stories. I mean, we've we've said that. Same, same. And it's such a great place for engagement. Yeah, I think they're just trying to get more casual content on the feed i think they're trying to make it chill on the feed again so that you drive traction down there no (laughs) (laughs) i i really i really hope this isn't gonna be something that gets taken over for everyone i didn't see it as an announcement but i've also been a little checked out of the instagram this week so (laughs) i did notice an interesting thing on reels though and maybe this is like just me being slow to the times but I thought it was interesting that I saw that there was a templates feature now did you see yes I did and I think it's mildly embarrassing because you can (laughs) see what (laughs) I think it's mildly embarrassing because I'm posting speaking reels and I'm cutting, mm-hmm. I'm chopping up, <laughs> I'm chopping up my sentences into literal two second chunks so that I can keep my audience's attention and so that I can cut out all the freaking dead space that I possibly can. So when you go to my template, it's this 30 second reel is 15 two second chunks of me like speaking. And so I've, I mean, <laughs> Oh if it was God. an actual, I thought it was like a special thing. It's for like travel girl <laughs> montages, <laughs> aesthetic montages, yeah. which is great. Which might also be the death of tutorials for that. Thank God I'm not a transition girl anymore. <laughs> Good thing you niched out of that. <laughs> so okay, if stories are about to go down, reach is about to go down in general. Like when, when is high reach of vanity metric versus when does it matter? Mm, Okay. I have a good example for this. I recently casted a girl who 
The um, scope of work was to ask her to do a 15 to 30 second video, a reel that was specific to the product. She ended up delivering something that I think was eight seconds. And it's okay, but honestly, the product is not as highlighted as I would like. I mean, in eight seconds, how much can you really do? And the client was like, you know, I thought we said 15 seconds was the minimum. So we told her, listen, we did say 15 seconds was the minimum from the beginning. You signed this contract. Yep. Yeah. Her rationale was that, you know, she gets more views if it's a shorter video because it can loop faster. And we talked about this in our hacks episode. And so I had to explain to her, listen, I appreciate that you're trying to be strategic with the views, but at the end of the day, if I get double, (laughs) if I get double the views on your video, but no one knows that you're selling this specific product because it's not on there long enough, they don't get to read about it or they don't really get to see the detail of it then I don't care about double the views. I care about half the views with a video that's more focused on the product that I'm trying to sell. So that is one of those times where reach doesn't matter to me. It's the quality of the actual video matters more. I agree. And I, I think there are ways where you can have both really salesy content and really high reach at the same time. My girl, Samantha, I keep bringing her up. I bring her up in all of my courses, I swear, because I just think she's so good at this. Literally, go follow Samantha because she is an amazing example. She makes these big, beautiful charcuterie boards. Um, But she can create these reels with really authentic incorporation of these products, of these cheeses, of these like whatever kind of grocery brands and have it be the main character of the show, but also teaching something so that it's saved and shared over and over and over. But is that the norm? Is salesy content normally the thing that like makes moves in the awareness category and pushes to the most people? No, it's not. Like if you're selling something, people skip commercials, but it also that heavy, heavy sales push is where people press buy. So it's, it's so tough with influencer marketing in the goal of the actual brand. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that to me, this program or this partnership that we were doing specifically, we know that no one's going to click buy off of a reel, right? That's, that's not an option. There's no links, but they are going to hopefully click buy off of the stories that are shared that support that reel. Right. So to me, the reel is really about the artistry and the craftsmanship and the styling of the product and really highlighting, you know, their main things, which was like comfort and, you know, great quality, et cetera, et cetera. And then in the stories is where I want to see the selling, like the, the influencer chatting, right. Hey, I wore this and it was amazing. And it was so comfortable and look at all the stuff it matches with. And here's my discount code and like click to go buy yours. Right. Yeah. That's like the enhancement for me that sells it. The real is more like the mystique. It's the beginning portion that like draws me in to learn more about what this thing is. Yeah. All right. So what are our main takeaways going to be here? Because I think we covered a lot of ground when it comes to engagement, both about how people are using the app, right. what is happening with engagement and why, because of how the app is developing. What do you want influencers to know, Harley? When it you know comes what? To I want brands to know this here. I want oh. brands to know what I've got to say. <laughs> and this is a big, bold capital message. Low engagement does not mean purchased followers. I think if you're looking mm. at looking at creators and 
cringing or, you know, giving them side eye when you can't even create that, replicate that engagement on your feed, why are you judging? Mm -hmm. Like, that's a really fine line in like, you don't have room to step in and judge. So creators, I don't think that worrying about this engagement is necessarily, I don't think it's worth your time. I don't think it's worth your time. Low engagement comes and goes. And when you hit those peaks, that's amazing. And you're psyched on it. But if you're getting, if you're getting torn up about those lows, then I think you need to like, it's time to step back. Yeah. Don't torture yourself on the platform at the end of the day. And I think my grand takeaways here also sort of mirror yours. It's for brand and influencers. Engagement is just one small piece of the pie few years ago, engagement, I think, was a much larger piece of the pie in terms of success on this app. Now it's just one small thing. So if you see someone with lower engagement or you even see someone with higher engagement, it's just one small portion of how to weight the success that they're going to have in your campaign or the success later on down the road. So take it with a grain of salt. Everyone, don't get your panties in a bunch when it comes to engagement. Don't get your panties in a bunch. The app is just going to keep changing. Everything's going to keep evolving, which means that your engagement rate will continue to evolve. And the way that we use the platforms are going to continue to evolve. So just keep moving and grooving out there. (laughs) Keep moving and grooving. And uh, we hope that you do come engage with us. Come find us (laughs) on Instagram. And we hope to see and hear from you very soon. We are brought to you by Upstarter Podcast Network, a podcast production company that manages all aspects of your podcast completely virtually. They can help anyone, anywhere turn their passion into a podcast. If you're interested in learning more, check out upstarterpods.com or upstarterpods on Instagram.